0: Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and the Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. What's happening on a Friday? Heading into the weekend on a beautiful day in Jacksonville, Florida. Do I see beer in the studio? <laughs> I think I do. Uh, I think it's full. It's sitting in Austin's chair. Who yeah, I don't know here? what that is. Uh, shortly, I'm very interested to find out exactly uh, what that is all about. Maybe he will know. As there's uh, a little traffic getting off the exit, so he will be here. Uh, a little backup, some backup, and it's really not. Most people are out of work by right now, I would think on this uh, Good Friday. So, hopefully, you're having a good Friday, Brent Martin, Austin, Casey Kurtz. As we are now inside two weeks to the NFL draft, so of course we have some mock drafts coming out. Saw so a three-round mock draft today. Uh, there is that. Uh, we have dissected and discussed just about everything when it comes to mock drafts. The biggest news around the NFL... By the way, what's uh, the middle of high life for? Do you know? Is that a gift? Yeah. Maybe. Get yourself situated.
1: I'm yeah, that's for sort an of fan. That's for a fan. I was a fan. From the... Not this show, the other show.
0: Oh. Yeah. Wow. Very good. Can we get some fans of this show to drop off some beer? I mean... I mean, that's not a bad idea. I know. That's a good fan over there. Absolutely. Very good. Um, Big news around the NFL today. Stephon Gilmore to the Colts. Yep. Colts loading up on
1: a pretty good defense now for Gus Bradley, I would say. I mean, they've improved. You know, I mean, I'm not mad at what the Colts have done. Um, We always talk about the quarterback position. You know, you you dressed it with Matt Ryan. Now, how much more does Matt Ryan have in the tank? We shall see, but when you look at last year's roster and I look at this year's roster, I mean I can't fault the Colts for wanting to win. I'll just say that much. I mean, they're spending money, they're they're doing their best, I think, to try to achieve a Super Bowl now, whether they can put it all together or not. It relies on Matt Ryan, but as far as on paper is concerned, they look pretty good. So that I guess that begs the question of this. Uh, are they the favorites in the AFC South? I mean, it's hard to pick against the Titans. I would – I'm going to go with Tennessee until I get proven wrong.
0: Okay. Uh, so, Matt Ryan, um, a guy like Stephon Gilmore, whatever they're about to do in the draft as well. Uh, did they do anything they bring over Jan uh, mm-hmm. as well? Uh, do they do anything else receiver-wise?
1: No, I think T.Y. might still be on the market. He is still on the market. Um. Uh, so I mean, they got Pittman. I think they still got Pascal. Yeah, I mean, they, they got, they got, got their Cox. guys, but they didn't
0: add two, Not yeah. yet, at least.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so,
0: yeah, I mean, I think uh, that's a, a pretty – a team that was supposed to be better than they were, mm-hmm. right? Got stunned by the Jaguars and missed the playoffs and maybe could have made a little run in the postseason. Who knows, depending on how Carson Wentz played. I mean, that season really came down to about a couple of games that Carson Wentz wasn't good enough and or wasn't very good, uh, to be honest. They got off to a slow start. You might remember it was a very tough schedule. But I think now, I mean, depending on how you feel about Matt Ryan, I've told you guys uh, for a long time, I'm not afraid of Matt Ryan. I, I, Matt Ryan doesn't do much for me in terms of, oh, boy, look now. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback either, though. Uh, I just wonder when you go from Philip Rivers Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan, like, is there a marked difference between the three guys? And I, I mean, probably because of Carson Wentz and, like, the way people now view him. Mm-hmm. But statistically, I mean, Carson wasn't bad. He just really struggled down the stretch in those last two games i mean matt ryan you'd think would play better um but is he dangerous Uh, he doesn't really remind me of being a dangerous guy they do have a great running game uh their offensive line solid but their defense is really good last year Mm -hmm. see i think the big thing about indianapolis is i wonder if this is a 2017 to 2018 jags i wonder if this is 2018 2019 chicago bears i wonder if they got so with the turnovers can you count on that again now they're not necessarily counting on it they upgrade they bring in they lose their defensive coordinator they bring in gus uh they add yon they add stefan gilmore so it's not like they're standing pat but i think to real if you think if you're an indianapolis fan you think they're going to duplicate those kind of numbers on the turnover margin i wouldn't expect that
1: no it's hard to duplicate that um but i also think that you might see an improvement on the offense just because they did have a lot of guys out last year especially on the offensive line. You know, Quentin Nelson's coming back healthy. Now it's going to be a big boost for them. But my biggest question going forward about the Colts is what happens if, and I'll knock on wood for him because he's a Wisconsin Badger, what happens if Jonathan Taylor goes out? What is the plan going to be? Because I've seen the Tennessee Titans produce without Derrick Henry, arguably the best running back in the NFL, and they still found a way to have the best record um, in the AFC. So when we talk about that, I think the question remains, what happens if Jonathan Taylor somehow sustains an injury a little bit? What are they going to do then? Because do they have the talent around Matt Ryan to help him produce, to be successful? Because Naeem Hines, yeah, he's, he's a change of pace back. He's a third down back, but he's not every single down back and Indianapolis definitely wants to run the ball. So I wonder if there's going to be a plan in place in terms of, you know, what is the fail-safe if if Jonathan Taylor goes down for a little bit?
0: Yeah, well, of course. Listen, Jonathan Taylor right now is their best player. He's the most Mm -hmm. dangerous player. He's one of the best players in the NFL last year. So that is Derrick Henry-esque, right? I mean, if Derrick Henry can't play all 17 games, if there's a a hiccup somewhere along the way, if he's not as good as he uh, has been because he loses a little bit, uh, as running backs can do. Now, Jonathan Taylor's younger, so that shouldn't be the case with him. But the league is now going to prep for Jonathan Taylor in a way they didn't prep before uh, no, based for sure. off that
1: year. But I just think my point is, do they have the players to be successful without Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, probably not. No, but I mean- did Tennessee... Uh, and then, then they somehow they did they still it. were able to, yeah,
0: yeah. They, they actually rallied through. And I think what, I think the difference you there, Austin, is something we compliment the Titans about and we don't like to throw, well, I don't like to throw compliments about the Titans around, is that they have a culture of finding a way to win, mm-hmm. you know. And they have guys that step up and make plays and, and end up getting it done even without Derrick Henry. So you got to give them a lot of credit for that. Do the Colts have that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had Jonathan Taylor go crazy last year and still couldn't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Hard for me to tell you that they have a culture of winning you know, enough to, to overcome some of that stuff. So I would say, no, I, I don't, I think Tennessee proved that, yeah, they can overcome a, uh, an absence of Derrick Henry. I yeah. wouldn't count on it. I don't think the Colts could overcome and put everything on the shoulders of Matt Ryan mm-hmm. and could overcome the loss of Jonathan Taylor. What do you think's better Matt Ryan or Ryan Tannehill? I was thinking of that too, actually, when we we're having this discussion. Uh, I I, I kind of group them in the same. Like, I, I view this stuff as like, am I, do I go into the game when I face the Titans? Mm-hmm. Obviously, you go face Terrick Henry. But am I scared of what Tannehill might do, right? Mm-hmm. Is he going to explode and have a good game? I understand he's played some good football. I know he has a, a capability of doing it. But I don't go into that game like I'm really worried about Tannehill beating me. And I feel the same way about Matt Ryan, man. Even when Atlanta came here last year, I feel the same way. I, I don't if you take both the running backs off the field for Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor, I'm just, I am just, I don't think those guys are going to beat you by themselves. Um, I'm not answering your question, no, but I kind of put them in the same boat really. But That's my I'm, point. Like I, I I think they're
1: about the same guy. Okay. But I'm saying if you had to build a team around one and the two options were Matt Ryan or Ryan Tannehill, who are you going I with? I would go Ryan Tannehill. See, I'm going At Matt Ryan. At this point. Okay. I'm, I'm going Matt Ryan.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people probably would, but yeah. I, I just think I, – I think Matt Ryan could really be on the verge of it going sl- going quickly. Sure. Uh, downhill. And, and he's not as old as I, I always think he is. Like, I feel like he's almost like 38 years old, 37 years old. He's not. Yeah. I think he's what, like 34, 35, something like that. I think he's going to be 35. And But I just eh, – I, I don't know. I think I do think there's some upside with Tannehill. And, and you know why I say it. Hmm. This is the thing that gets to me is – the ability to run, the move. He can move. Tannehill can move. He can beat you with the legs. And so he can keep a play alive. Matt Ryan cannot do that. Sure. He just will not do that. So yeah, I i, I don't fear him, and I also i don't think uh, I, I think I would give the nod to Tannehill because he does have that capability that could still
1: beat you and make you think about him. Uh, I just think that set aside from Kyle Pitts, Matt Ryan will be playing with better receivers this year. And with all the respect to Russell Gage and everybody, but I think the weapons – on indianapolis colts are far superior than the, what he had in the falcons and he still almost put up four thousand yards passing with the falcons yeah i agree by the way i agree with what you're i do think he's in a better situation this year
0: than last year even with those guys you mentioned right with especially Pitts. um but again the numbers for carson wentz weren't that bad last year sure right yeah, yeah. i mean there so it doesn't yeah. always tell the complete story and I mean, I just never... Did, did you remember a game last year where you thought, like, Atlanta... I might miss one. I'm just saying off the top of your head. Atlanta, where you're like, Matt Ryan, man, he won that game for him.
1: I mean, how that Jay Wars game turn out? It was like 21-3 to yeah. three or something, you know? It wasn't that like... It was like, wow, look was, like Matt Ryan. He's that that was on a No, show, that, that was the, the Cordell Patterson. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I didn't watch a lot I, I, of... I, I, and I get it. Games. I'm putting you yeah. on the spot. I'm just yeah. saying it's like, yeah. you know... I mean, I had Cordell Patterson, so he helped me out in fantasy, but... Yeah. yeah. Um, So...
0: I, I don't know. I don't. I think the the bottom line here is how much better are the Colts mm-hmm. getting? And I think they would feel pretty. Listen, if I'm a Colts fan, I feel pretty good about it. I think I upgraded with Matt Ryan. I think it's marginal, but they probably feel like it's more. I know I got Jonathan Taylor coming back. I got a good nucleus coming back. I add Yannick Ngakwe, and I add a guy like Stephon Gilmore. That's those are productive players. Yeah. And I'm gonna go get the, probably more help-ons. <laughs> I think in the draft. Yep. And um, I've got like bona fide star
1: players too in other areas like the Forrest Buckner and Darius Leonard. Well, let me ask you this, who has the better season next year, Matt Ryan or Carson Wentz? Hmm. Uh, I would uh, I would put Matt Ryan. Okay, because you know Carson Wentz had a better season last year. <laughs> Than Matt Ryan. Yeah, and I don't even play in the full season. I mean, Wentz threw for 27 and 7, Matt Ryan threw for 20 and 10. Uh, I'm sorry, 20 and 12. And uh, 4,000 yards for Matt Ryan. Uh, 30, what was it for? 3,800 for Matt Ryan, 3,500 for
0: Carson Wentz. Yeah.
1: Isn't that wild? Mm-hmm. So that's why you got
0: to be a little careful with the number, but didn't feel that way. We said that all no, year, by sure. the way. I think even the folks in, in Indianapolis like it doesn't feel like it's as good as the numbers say it is. Mm-hmm. And again, especially limping home down the stretch, um, I think that's certainly the case. Uh, so it's a two-horse race in the AFC South right now. Houston and the Jags aren't even close until they they prove that they have closed the gap and can do some things injuries do play a factor i mean can both of those teams stay healthy can they take the next step i mean is matt ryan the guy to take the next step or is this going to be a little bit of a snake bit organization in in the colts where they're good but not good enough Mm. doesn't it have the feel of that a little bit i mean they've tried rivers they've tried Wentz, and now they're trying matt ryan and they've had a good roster now for a few years Mm. so even with the additions it feels a little bit like that um I don't
1: know if it plays out like that. You surprised Gilmore ended up in Indianapolis as opposed to the Rams? Uh, I mean, I am a little bit. I'm not sure how much, you know, capital they had to spend on Stefan Gilmore. I assume he probably would have made more um, going to Indianapolis. And, you know, the, I mean, I get it. The, the Colts, there's still a question mark at the quarterback spot. How's Matt Ryan going to do? You know, they underachieved last year. But I think in the AFC, I mean, the Colts are going to at least be competitive. I mean, the, the, there are some talented teams, but the Colts are, you know, you, you can make an argument they're going to make a playoff run. So... Um, I'm not so surprised, no. Yeah. um, I just wonder if you take the
0: Colts, the Titans, the Texans, and the Jags, all the money the Jags spent. Because you can look at the rest of the AFC Mm -hmm. and you can say, wow, okay, we've done this exercise before. 11 teams, they they can go to the Super Bowl. By the way, the Titans and the Colts are probably in that. Um, There are a couple of the doormats right now that – that just have to prove otherwise. That's the Texans, the Jets, and the Jags, quite frankly. I think there's a couple middle-of-the-road teams like Pittsburgh and New England that I'm not sure they think they can win it all. Uh, They have won it all a lot, so they always kind of have that in their blood. But can they realistically win it all? I don't think so. Um, So I think that's kind of the way the AFC breaks down. Well, the only thing that really matters is winning the AFC South. I mean, Mm -hmm. and and Jags are fortunate in that regard, because if you look, if you really wanted to rank the teams, I think the gettable teams do exist in the AFC South. I don't think I don't think anybody believes the Tennessee Titans or the Indianapolis Colts are running away and hiding from Mm -hmm. everyone else. If one of those teams in the AFC West looked played in the AFC South, you would say that you'd be like, man, you're not even close to them. Yeah, the gap is way too big. And I just don't the Bills, if they were in the AFC South, you would say, nope, ain't catching them. Right. Uh, I mean, even Cincinnati, the way they're going right now. Like I, I just don't feel that with Indianapolis and the Colts. It could be wrong. Maybe somebody goes 13 and 4 and 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 proves me wrong. Uh, wouldn't be the first time. But I just think the Jags are in a, a good spot to be at least in this division if they're going to play catch up. And who got the who got better the most this offseason season so far going into the draft? Mm-hmm. The Jags spending all their money. Did they close the gap with Indianapolis and Tennessee, uh, or the Colts getting Matt Ryan and now Stephon Gilmore and, and Jan? Yeah. Or Tennessee, who kind of didn't really do a whole lot, right? At least eye popping mm-hmm. um, that that I remember. So, oh, actually they added uh, Robert Woods. Sure. Right. What that was say. probably yeah. That was a significant. Now it's going to be him yep. and
1: AJ Brown. That's a so, pretty good tandem. So if you
0: if you line them up and you say, hey, the 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 Colts and Titans were at like an eight on the one to ten scale, mm-hmm. the Jags were on like a two. Mhm. Uh, where, where does that scale now exist? Did the Jags climb up to a four or five and
1: and and catch them a little bit? Did they close yeah. the gap in the off season? I mean, I think if the Jaguars were at a two, ah. Uh, I would probably put them at a four or five. Yeah. Um, You know, I think that the Colts were a far better team, even though the Jaguars being the last game of the season. So say the Colts were at a six. I mean, I think like, so as much as the Jaguars climbed up, I think the Colts climbed up just as much. You do. Yeah. So pretty equal in that. Yeah. I mean, I I think if you find a quarterback, that's going to be an upgrade from what you had last year. um, I think if you get, you know, one of the best cornerbacks in the game. um, Yeah. I mean, that, that warrants moving up for sure. Yeah. So, And then the Titans, you know, I mean, they, they were kind of quiet, but how much do they really have to do? You know, I mean, they just have to find a way to, to win the big games now. Well, and the thing about it, is, well, yeah, I agree with that. Uh,
0: the Colts and the Titans sitting in in the perch, the Jags trying to play catch-up, they have to make the most moves to try to play catch-up. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully they caught the Titans or closed the gap a little bit to even some of these games out or at least have a fighting chance. The Colts have been interesting with the Jags because, the Jags beat them once a year regardless. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and even in a game that really matters, they beat them this past year. And I would say this, the Jags still have more opportunity right now. Sure, everybody's got the draft, but the Jags have high draft picks that they can get impact players more so than you would think the Colts and Titans. Now, they can get the fringe player that really might boost their team in some weak spots, but the Jags have a chance to get some blue-chip players or starting players that will impact them, make them better, and close the gap even more going into the next couple weeks. And again, you're going to look at them across the rest of the NFL. To me, all that really matters is the ASC South I mean yeah. that's where you begin And so if the Jags can catch them Close the gap Give themselves a chance uh, Well then there's something To talk about a little bit and, and again They better do that They can't just get Their own roster better They have to close the gap The gap is far
1: Yeah But also you'd think With Doug Peterson though, that The gap could hopefully Be closed well, a little good bit point as well too
0: I mean Well that's a great That's a good question I had a question about that Coming up Just You just sparked something There it is I like it We'll talk about it. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. A question on a Friday about Doug Peterson. Two weeks away from the draft. We'll be back on ESPN 690 after Friday. Everybody give us a follow if you want to get in the uh, conversation. 904-362-9901. Phone line's always open.
1: Wood is 100% correct. And all you got to do is take the model from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We need to get rid of Jameis Winston and we're going to be all right. Guess what they did? They got rid of Jameis Winston, won the Super Bowl. Take the model from the Los Angeles Rams. We need a quarterback to go to the Super Bowl and win it. What did they do, Max and Jay? They got rid of Jared Goff, picked up Matthew Stafford, won the Super Bowl. We need a quarterback in Denver right now. We're going to get Aaron Rodgers. It's not going to work. We're going to be on the road. We're going to trade for Russell Wilson. What did they do? They went trading for Russell Wilson to win a Super Bowl right now. But the difference, Not 10 key. years from now,
0: key. but right now. <laughs> that is Keyshawn Johnson. him in the now. Jay Williams. Max Kellerman. 6 a.m. until 10 a.m. on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau along with Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. 3 p.m. until 6 p.m. At Action Sports Shacks OT coming up right after this at 6 o'clock. And then off to the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp against the Durham Bulls. Here on a Friday uh, heading into the weekend, by the way, we've got you covered on the uh, Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp all weekend long. And don't forget Action Sports Shacks primetime, 10.30 on Fox 30, 11.30 on CBS 47 on the TV side of the Things uh, you asked, uh, you brought up Doug Peterson's name, and it sparked uh, some interest in in the division of AFC South. Doug Peterson has a Lombardi Trophy. That is something that no coach in the AFC South has. Mm-hmm. Is Doug Peterson the best coach in the AFC South? No. No.
1: Mike Brable I knew you were going to go there. I mean, yeah. It's, it's it's what have you done for me lately? Mike Vrabel has never won
0: a Super Bowl. Mike Vrabel has never been fired. That's fair. There you go. Also, now if you don't get fired, but go to the mountaintop, is the that's the difference. That's the ultimate. I mean, that you, makes you the best. I mean, should
1: we have kept Tom Coughlin then? Bill with Belichick that? Attitude? got fired. Should should we have kept Tom Coughlin with that attitude then? Pete Carroll got fired. I'll ask it again. Should we have kept Tom Coughlin then with that attitude? Uh, he wasn't coaching He won Super Bowls as but a coach But if he was in charge of the culture He still won Super Bowls as a coach not I know, a but Who was in charge of the culture? Tom Okay So should we let him go should we have kept him Because he won a Super Bowl So culture or coaching? What's more important? I mean, culture is coaching Oh, okay It's not? Well, Tom's not Tom, If Tom was in charge of culture He wasn't the coach But who, okay Who was running the show, though? Like he, usually a head coach is going to run the show when Tom Coughlin was brought here, who was running the show? Was it Tom Coughlin I or was it, it? was Tom
0: Coughlin, yeah. but he wasn't coaching.
1: Okay, but he was still so running culture the show. So isn't coaching, at least not in Jacksonville, it wasn't. At the time, but I think Doug Peterson's going to bring the culture here now, right? I would hope he brings culture and, did, and coaching. And did Doug Peterson have the culture and coaching in Philadelphia? I think so. And what happened in Philadelphia with Doug Peterson towards the end? They didn't win enough, I guess. He got fired. Correct. And I think my, right now Mike Vrabel has the better culture in the coaching. He's got definitely the better culture. Yeah, and I, th- I think, the, the, I mean, he's been coaching. Like, he hasn't been fired. Like, he hasn't given them the reason to, to fire him. I get, like, uh, yeah, winning a Super Bowl is the ultimate, sure. But, like, he got fired for a reason. Yeah, but, I mean, well, listen, he
0: got fired for a reason. doesn't make it was right that he, he got fired.
1: But they weren't winning anymore. Like he had one season where they, they season. won a Super Bowl, and then <laughs> they didn't win for one season. He got fired. Okay, then th- then Doug Peterson's the best coach in the NFL next to Bill Belichick. Like, you think if the Super Bowl is everything, then what took so long for Doug Peterson to get hired? Why why wasn't he the top choice of everybody then? I don't why know. Why we, I think why didn't the Broncos why didn't the Broncos bring in Doug Peterson? I don't know. Why didn't the Chicago Bears Would've bring in Doug Peterson? Would have been better. Okay, I agree. I think Minnesota would have been
0: better. Okay, I mean, didn't we wonder that the whole process?
1: Oh no, I definitely did. I mean, Tom. I mean, Tom Coughlin. Uh, Doug is my top three on my list for so for sure. So uh,
0: listen, I I think you can make the case that because it's already in place and everything, that Doug uh, that that uh, Vrabel is the best coach in the division. What he's done, is resume. Oh yeah. I, like I'm okay with that case. I'm just saying. I mean, I think a great counter argument to the case is he
1: don't have a Lombardi Trophy. Did Vrabel get Coach of the Year last year? Who got Coach of the Year?
0: Uh, I don't know. I don't know
1: who won that. Look that up quick I Probably no yeah. Oh maybe LaFleur Oh Fleur? was it
0: LaFleur Or was it Or was that Two years ago He might have got it There are Let's a lot see. of candidates I share Could have got coached You know So Yeah I mean It's an interesting Point though Like what's the It was variable It yeah. was variable Sure Yeah, yeah. So There you well. go but, I mean Whatever well, it's not whatever. I mean, again, it, you you talk about if you talk about the mountaintop of the sport, it's winning Super Bowls. Okay, sure. So, Mike Favre has it. not
1: got there yet. But I, I think right now the better coach is Mike Rabel. Well, that's fine. Like I yeah. said, I think it's also a decent counterpoint to say that the he guy won a with the Lombardi Bowl?
0: Trophy that's been able to hold it up can okay. can doesn't have to hold your jock strap because
1: you're the coach of the year last year. I didn't say yes to anybody's jock strap well, All I kind of make said it, it seem like it. All I said was Mike Brable, I think, is the better coach than Doug Peterson. Yeah, and all I said is even without a Lombardi trophy. <laughs> so, I mean, and, and
0: by the way, here's the funny part about it. I would put him up there right now, too, because of what he already has built. He's got a head start, too. And we sure. haven't seen it come down. Yeah. So who's the better coach? Frank Reich and what they've already built and what they have in place or Doug Peterson? And this is where I think it's an interesting one because they work together in Philadelphia. Oh, no,
1: I mean, I think, I think Doug Peterson is, is better than Frank Reich until proven differently. Like, Mike Vrabel has showed me enough already. Mike Vrabel won the AFC without his best player and arguably the most important player in all football to their team. So Mike Vrabel showed me enough. Frank Reich has not showed me enough.
0: So I guess that's a good thing then is what I'm really – I knew you were going to go with Mike Vrabel. So the Jacks yeah. have an advantage coaching in the rest of the division. Yeah. In essence.
1: I would say so. I mean, it's hard to tell how this is going to go, though. Like, yeah. This is a completely new experience um, for Doug Peterson. I think we're all on the Urban Meyer bandwagon and saying he's going to be fine yeah. in a couple of years. And how did that turn out? So, I mean, yeah, we like to think that Doug Peterson's going to do a fantastic job, which he should. But we have not yet seen anything. From Trevor Lawrence, from the offense, from the defense. I mean, there's it's still a lot of unknown. But what I think is fascinating, then, and this is why the
0: conversation comes up, and and we haven't really had it much. We'll talk quarterbacks, we talk rosters, we talk everything, and, and to me, those things matter the most. Uh, but. If you look over time now, if you go back, uh, let's just go back the last decade of what the Jacksonville Jaguars had. Gus Bradley proved that, well, he wasn't going to be the best coach in that division. You couldn't make that argument for him. Uh, Doug Marone, was he the best coach in the division or was he the second best coach in the division or was he the third best coach in the division? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure people would have. I mean, Bill O'Brien had a better record, right? A better proven mark before he got let go. Then there was Rabel, uh, And um, uh, who was before Reich, by the way, in Indy? Uh, Pagano? Was was it, was, did it go right, Pagano, uh, Pagano? I mean, I have
1: no idea. I know he was the coach there. Um,
0: so anyway, I mean, you know, so over these years, you couldn't even make the case. Yeah, it, was, even, it, was it was Pagano. Caldwell Pagano, right. Yeah, so yeah. you could even make the case that the Jacksonville Jaguars had a coach in place mm-hmm. that might be best in the AFC South. Yeah. Or you could outcoach them. And mm-hmm. you wouldn't have said that about Urban Meyer, by the way, because we, nobody was doing that. Even though there might have been hope with Urban Meyer and we all fell into that, or a lot of us fell into that, he was still unproven at this level to say, Okay, I can outcoach that guy, outcoach this guy and it proved that he really couldn't outcoach many guys uh, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So that's a nice spot for the Jags to be. If they try to increase their roster, they've at least increased their coaching capability in their own division and climbed the ladder in that spot. Uh, sure. We know with their franchise quarterback Trevor Lawrence, they have the chance to be the next five, seven, eight, ten years if they do things right, and he could be the best quarterback in their division for the next for, for the foreseeable future. Um, I think people believe that. I, it hasn't happened yet. You wouldn't stake the claim that it happens yet, especially Matt Ryan's career speaks a lot. Tannehill has proven quite a bit. Heck, Davis Mills proved more last year than Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. But I think you could buy into the fact that the Jaguars, if we have this discussion two years from now, you could maybe make the case by then that the Jags have the best coach and the best quarterback in the AFC South. And that's something that you couldn't really – heck, I don't know when you, you couldn't say that because Peyton Manning lived in the division. Mm-hmm. Tony Dungy was in the division. Deshaun Watson was in the division. I mean, you had all these good players and, and really proven coaches in the division that the Jags couldn't get there. And so now maybe they do close the gap in a couple of those respects. Um, and, and how much <laughs> does it matter? Eh, I think that's debatable, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, how much is coaching going to carry the day? It's important. And the Jags haven't nailed that or they haven't wouldn't be rifling through coaches left and right over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know also is it going to be the put you over the top? It does seem to be that way for twenty years in the AFC East, but also they had Tom Brady. So we always have the debate how much was a coach and how much was it Brady. If you look at the AFC North, you've got some pretty good coaches, right? You got Tomlin, you got Harbaugh, those are proven guys. Uh, heck, what's his name goes to the Super Bowl, Zach Taylor, and you mm-hmm. still wouldn't put him as the the third best coach. Probably you'd put him as the third best coach, but Stefanski actually two years ago, won coach of the year.
1: Correct. Yeah,
0: it's wild, man. (laughs) So look at the AFC North. I mean, loaded with guys that have pretty good resumes uh, or have been that way. And you go to the AFC uh, West now, Andy Reid obviously would lead that division, I would think. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, and then you've got some newcomers along the way, even McDaniels, very unproven, comes from a good organization, but you're not going to give him much of a nod after what he did in Denver. He's got to go prove himself, Staley as well. And um, who am I missing out there in the West? Uh, Raiders, Chargers. Uh, oh, Broncos, Hackett. He's yeah. a, a first-time guy. So, like, Reed. actually, if you look at the divisions, now that Buffalo's been able to do what they've done, hmm Reed to me maybe is the most dominant coach in in the AFC, in his respective division.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Reed's been you know, uh, more than Belichick. Well, uh, Reed's been a dominant coach for a long time, even in Philadelphia. Even though he didn't win the big one, he was always kind of a dominant coach. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would say I think Reed. I mean, you know, Belichick is is still Belichick, but um, Reed is up there as well, and that's why I think they're the two most you know distinguished coaching trees um, in the entire NFL. Uh, I mean, I think with Doug Peterson, it's simple: if you come in here and you win games. You know, then the, the critics go away. Um, you know, if you look back at what he had in Philly, I mean, his first year, you know, you go seven and nine. Like, if the Jaguars go seven and nine, w- w- people are going to throw a parade for you. You know, I guess it will be seven and ten now or whatever, or seven and whatever. Um, yeah, seven and ten because we still play 17 games. If that happens, yeah, the Jaguars are definitely going to be a team that you got to keep an eye on. But until that time, you know, I mean, if we're talking three, four, maybe even five wins, I think it's kind of a disappointment. So, yeah, we're, we're going to find out what Doug Peterson's made of real quick, and I'm excited to find out.
0: Look at the uh, – now I'm kind of interested. Andy Reid, we said he might have the biggest gap. And, again, Bill Belichick's still coaching. Yeah. Pete Carroll's still coaching. Yep. But right now, as it sits, there might be the biggest coaching gap between Andy Reid and the rest of his team in a loaded AFC West where you wonder could that make a difference? right because everybody's pretty good everybody thinks they're good everybody's got pieces that that they can buy into but there's some unproven stuff i mean staley's Mm -hmm. unproven hackett's unproven and mcdaniels is unproven at least from a successful standpoint you go around we just said the afc if you go around the nfc is there anyone dominant in their respective division kind of like that Uh, again he's got plenty of coaching competition right shanahan a lot of people give uh, credit to and and the job he's done i don't think kingsbury's on the same page uh, as him, but obviously McVay has won a Super Bowl and been to another. Sure, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can actually say he's the best one right now in terms of recent success. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Carroll has a lot built up. You go to the NFC uh, South. I mean, yeah, NFC South. Um, new, coaching new coach in. in uh, actually, now well Bowls instead of Arians. Yeah. Uh, and then you got a new coach in Atlanta, or a second-year coach in Atlanta.
1: See, but this is why I guess I, I don't put the biggest premium. premium I mean, winning a Super Bowl is, is everything. I get that. But I see a guy like, Mike McCarthy on the Dallas Cowboys. Like, how, how pumped are Mike McCar- people like Mike McCarthy fans right now?
0: Yeah, not, not much. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, like, I mean, I, I wouldn't even call Mike McCarthy right now in the NFL a, a top probably 15 coach, maybe even a top 20 coach. But he still has the resume and everything, and he yeah. still earned the accolades. So, like, I guess you got to find the right combination of what your team looks like, um, the talent that you have, and then could that coach elevate them? For instance, Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl, right? More power to you. You go to Dallas, and it seems like you have all the weapons to be successful. You have Dak Prescott, you have C. D. Lamb, you have Amari Cooper. I mean, you have Ezekiel. You you have an offense um, that just has all the riches. And you're an offensive-minded guy, and you don't have success, and and you don't exceed expectations, regardless of what the resume says. And now people are trying to run you out of town and replace you with a Kellen Moore. So, I think we got to find the right balance of what does the team look like in terms of talent, and then can that coach elevate said talent.
0: Who is the best coach in that division then? In and the coach in uh, the Giants, you got uh, Eagles uh, second year. Um, You've got uh, McCarthy with the Super Bowl, yeah. And which team am I leaving out? Oh, uh, Washington Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera. Um, who a lot of people would take you know from a steady standpoint. You know,
1: yeah. I mean, to me, it's between Sirianni and Ron Rivera. Um, it's hard to to get a. I guess I'm going to go Sirianni, just because with Ron Rivera. I mean, listen, and Ron Rivera is consistent as they come, but he's a defensive minded guy, and that defense last year didn't really achieve expectations. Um, Sirianni on the other hand you know he's an offensive minded guy and that Eagles offense you know and I get it, it didn't look always it didn't look pretty with Jalen Hurts sometimes right I mean it was a lot of fourth quarter comebacks or a lot of running around but you somehow got the job done and made the playoffs I can't take that away from you so if you're asking me who I think of the best coach right now in that division is even better than a Super Bowl winning coach I'm taking Sirianni hmm. and he's a, a second year guy. guy yeah
0: uh and then then uh, we got one more to do let's do it let's finish it off the nfc at north would be LaFleur, who's had a ton of success if you look at his record uh for sure detroit no you wouldn't go there uh minnesota new coach mm-hmm. and uh chicago new coach
1: mm-hmm. yeah was, i mean well, the, that was a grab bag there well but, there, I mean, but LeFleur, there's
0: a there's a big gap it's yeah. kind of an andy reid esque gap yeah based on it experience and and you just don't know. Sure. Right? Yeah. Uh, which is kind of like the AFC West. Mm. And AFC West is really interesting from a coaching standpoint. Yeah. Just because, again, McDaniels, he could be great. But you can't lock him into being great after what you saw him do the first time around. Yeah. And then Staley is, I mean, how did he not go to the playoffs without that team, right? I mean, you could there's plenty of criticism for Staley. Mm-hmm. And then Hackett's a first-time guy. So uh, it's really... You know, I, I didn't think about it from the coaching point of view. But that is a loaded division with one coach that's proven to be able to know how to get W's. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.
1: Luca accounts for it feels like close to 60% of their scoring. I'm talking about off assist and, and scoring himself. So, you know, him and Jokic are like one man shows because they do so much with passing, with scoring, with getting rebounds, with making plays. Without him, they do not have a chance against the Utah Jazz. And I think the Utah Jazz has problems, uh, obviously, chemistry wise, to a degree. uh, This year is not what you expected from them, but. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and Quinn Snyder, there's a lot on the line for this team, too, because you're wondering if they actually want to stay together. That is the whole narrative around this team. Does it work between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert being your two superstars? Without Luca, they do not have a chance.
0: As Jay Williams, Jay Williams, Keyshawn Johnson, Max Kellerman, in the mornings here on ESPN 6, 96 a.m. until 10 a.m. Brent Martin, along with Austin Lane and Casey Kurtz and... It's Jackie Robinson Day, yeah, in Major League Baseball, which is uh, always uh, cool that they recognize number forty-two, uh, which has been retired, of course, across uh, the NFL. Mariano, the last person to wear forty-two, right? I'm pretty sure Mariano Rivera. I'm pretty, that's question, yeah, that's, that's correct. Pretty yeah. sure, yeah. Uh, and so, other baseball news. I want to ask you guys this about a documentary coming out, and if you'd be excited about this, um, they will celebrate uh, Jack Robinson Day throughout the throughout the day in mm-hmm. Major League Baseball, of course. So, so that uh, it's become an annual thing. It's not just like on a special anniversary. It's become an annual thing that they do that, which is is appropriate and right and and great they do it. Uh, another baseball note: Doug Peterson will throw out the first pitch on Tuesday night for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Come on, you can hear that ball whistling. Here on ESPN. Come on, six, nine.
1: let's go. <laughs> Casey, give the, just like the play-by-play. Yeah,
0: that's right. Um, so, uh, have you ever thrown out a first pitch? No. Mm-hmm.
1: Would it be okay if you did? Like, yeah. You, I mean, like, you a, got that in you. No, I mean, like, I wouldn't be a meme um, or that's anything. I, I wouldn't be like fifty cent. Um, I could probably throw a strike. I'm pretty confident. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, and I bet Doug can,
0: too. He's a former oh, quarterback. quarterback. Yeah, for I mean, sure. Those quarterbacks can chuck a baseball, too. You know. I'm sure Doug Peterson saw as a cannon. Yeah. Uh, so I was thinking this. Tuesday is not only Doug Peterson throwing out the first pitch, but it is also Ray Charles' bobblehead giveaway. Correct. Uh, day. And if you haven't seen pictures of the bobblehead, it's really a cool one. they got the piano and, yeah. and everything. So kind of neat. And uh, it's uh, presented by Florida School for the Deaf and Blind. And at First Coast Sign Language Interpreting. Ray Charles went to Florida School for the Deaf and the Blind. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know for how long, but I think it was. Uh, it might have been as many as a couple of years.
1: Uh, but this back could in be the a dumb question. Is that in Jackson? Is that in Jackson? Saint Augustine. Saint Augustine. Okay, got
0: it. Yeah. You. Okay. Uh, so and it's very well renowned. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, they uh, That would be part of a special night. So I was thinking, okay, which day of the promotions would you like to go to on the next homestand, which the Jumbo Shrimp are home next Tuesday through Sunday. Okay. You can also listen to them on ESPN 690, of course. Ray Charles bobblehead, doll. Wednesday is always like a business person special where you go to the game for 20 bucks, right? You get a ticket, a Jumbo hot dog, chips, and, and a yingling. How about that? Not bad, not bad. Okay. Okay. Uh, Thursday, it's Thirsty Thursday, Thursday mm-hmm. so you know the deal there. Mm-hmm. You've been to those. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also dive bar night with dueling pianos. <sighs> those sounds are Sounds kind of cool, man. Dueling pianos are Those are, good are stuff. fun.
1: What, what time does that game start? That's, uh, well, the gates open at 6. The game's at 7.05. Oh okay. Because, I mean, I need like, like a good dueling piano bar like around 1 a.m., you know? That's what yeah, that's really true. fires that's up a little bit. That's fair. Yeah. Uh,
0: it is uh, on Friday. It's Red Shirt Friday where uh, the Jumbo Shrimp players will wear their red Bold City jerseys. Staff will also wear red okay. uh, for every Friday home game this season to support the military, so that's cool. Okay. Got Friday night lights, uh, meaning, like, Miller lights. Uh, and Go on. And Friday night fireworks. Got to love the fireworks. We heard the fireworks, by the way, from the fight. We did. Uh, USC fight. And a lot of the the workers were a little confused about <laughs> yes. what was happening. And hey, we're wondering what's happening. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. The <laughs> It's the best seat over the house. How about this one? A select handful of lucky fans get to take in an inning of baseball from a hot air balloon
1: <laughs> on Friday. Oh, All right. So, yeah. yeah. So, see, I, I remember I, I had a huge debate about hot air balloons one time. Uh, we don't have to go there right now, but I, I think they're pointless. Like, what's, what, what do you do in a hot air balloon? So, so I just chill. Sightsee. Yeah but just go to go an airplane and look out the window. Yeah, uh, You they don't hover over a
0: spot for long yeah, enough. Yeah, for like three hours. Yeah. I mean, I guess it has that thrill of adventure like we could go down. I and guess. sometimes they do. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I guess to your point of view is like, why don't you just send a drone up and see what it
1: looks like from up there now? No, <laughs> for sure. No, I mean, I'm saying like I, I don't get the point of a hot air balloon because like you're literally up there for like three four hours a pop and like you're not doing anything.
0: It's funny you say that though, but
1: if you see a hot air balloon and you're in, like, you go out the front door and you're
0: like, hey, there's a hot air balloon or there's a couple of hot air balloons, it's like, that's kind of cool. Like, no, it's cool to hot, see
1: a- Hot air balloons are, are fantastic. I'm saying being in one and riding one, yeah, no, nah, I'm all good. I, we
0: actually, I, I don't know if I've told the story before, but okay. in Albany, I think it was like our five year anniversary, got Steph uh, a hot air balloon ride. Okay. And so we go, and you got to go super early. I think you do over at least this one we did. Mm-hmm. We are over there at like 5 in the morning. Oof. We got fogged out. Why do you have to go so early? I don't know. Uh, okay. I, I guess I don't know if I just signed up for that. It's like hunting. Like, yeah, I don't know why you have to go early, but maybe the winds are down at that okay. time. You know, okay. I have no idea. Um, but fogged out. We got so fogged you, so out. So we couldn't go? So we couldn't go, and we never used it. We Palmer, never did it. Man. So yeah. first of all, there's two lessons from that story. One... I got away with never spending any money for our fifth year anniversary yes. because we never went. And, uh, well too, I guess I didn't miss much because you said they're pointless
1: anyway. Well, I mean, I've never been on a hot air balloon. I'm just saying from where I'm standing on the ground, they look boring. Yeah. Um, I have no desire now to go Yeah. either. Mm-hmm. Like I thought I'd want to do it sometime. I'm just like, what are you doing in there? Like, I mean, okay. I get it. You're sightseeing, but like, it's like a three or four hour experience. Yeah. Seriously, what, what do you do? <laughs> all right, so which day are you going to? Oh, dude, the, the Ray Charles thing all day. Ray Charles bo- bobblehead? Yes. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the whole metal light thing has my attention, no but I, I just got some highlight from in the back <laughs> yeah, corner here, true. so we're all good. And
0: so the dueling pianos just aren't late
1: enough for you? No, dueling pianos are probably, would be, it's like, the most cool. entertaining, but, like, I need my dueling pianos when I'm, like, ten beers deep and I'm inside, of like, a dive bar and we're just it's going, true. you know, I mean, it's... Yeah. Uh, Jackie Robinson Celebration
0: Day at the Shrimp will be next Saturday. Uh, Just to let you know as well. So, plenty to go see. Plenty of promotions for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp on their next homestand, which will include Doug Peterson throwing out the first pitch on Tuesday night to listen to Shrimp Games, including tonight on ESPN 690. We'll be back, Action Sports Jacks, on ESPN 690, 4 o'clock hour, and Shock Your Mock is coming up.